Hi, and welcome back to the First Quarter Club. I'm Joe, and this is Hannah, and we're bringing you new episodes every Monday. Well, Nick, thank you so much for joining us once again. Um, it's been a while, obviously, since Joe and I have uh, last spoke to you. I think you was yeah. one of our original, you know, first first of a guest. I think you know one of the I think first five. So um, yeah, definitely, definitely. And a, a lot has changed since then, right? A lot has been going on. Um, obviously, Joe and I this year we've we put a lot more focus into um, crypto, into NFTs. Um, we're a little bit more clued up, I think, than the first time we originally spoke to you. So that's been great. Um, <laughs> Just purely from us, like speaking to guests that we've had on the podcast, and we've just learned a lot, right? So, um, yeah, it would just be really interesting to obviously get you back on. You were a really popular guest last time. People loved the conversation that we had and found it really insightful. We had so much great feedback. So we thought, you know what? Why not get it, get you back on, sort of coming up to a year down the line and see what's changed. Wow. Well, well you know what? Thank you for extending the invitation my way and for you know letting me know about how well it did. I know, I know I'd mentioned, I know it had done uh, well or it was received well uh, when we first did it. So that was really good to hear. Um, and, you know, congrats to both of you on, you know, continuing forward. And, and you know, I've been following uh, the podcast and trying my best to listen to it, uh, you know, here and there where I can. And you've, you, you've both had remarkable guests, very, um, uh, entertaining and and you know interesting guests that have a lot of different insights. So uh, I commend both of you for for you know doing this for if it's been a year of like wow that's gone by really quick. Yeah, eh? it goes quickly, right? <laughs> I know. Yes. I, I, yeah, we could we start it in November, didn't we? To be fair, so we yeah. are yeah we're coming up for our anniversary. Nick, you'll have to you'll have to catch a flight over. <laughs> <laughs> Join us for a beer in London. Yes, <laughs> yeah, we'll definitely have a pint for sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah. You know but congratulations think- and thank you once again. Yeah, for sure. No Brilliant. Thank you. And I, I think and we're just saying to Joe as well, I think it was such a success because the way that you articulate yourself and explain, oh, certain, um, explain certain things terminology wise, I think for our, our listener base, they were all mm-hmm. quite new coming into crypto. It was obviously back last year. That's when it sort of really started kicking off. Um, and people were really quite new to the to the world. So I think the way you explained it sort of just brought it into sort of simple terms for our listeners, which was really, really useful. Um, definitely useful for us as well, right? So I think we learned a lot from that episode as well. Oh, I, I, I literally re-listened to it two or three times. Um, <laughs> wow. Just, well, because it was, it, it's just so refreshing. Just the thing is you see a lot of things on, on Twitter or Instagram or uh, other sort of social media or even just Google. And sometimes, you know, you have questions or whatever, and it's just so good just to sort of, be able to talk to someone that has an idea of what they're doing. So it was nice just uh, um, that, that we that you came on and was able to articulate things really well. And I think, to be honest, that's why um, it went down so well, as Hannah said. Awesome. Yeah, that's that's amazing. You know, that's that's the whole – that's why I'm doing what I'm doing, you know, just to, you know, help people kind of understand this market space, uh, you know, in, you know, normal, easier, basic terms, right? Because when you kind of mm-hmm. enter this space, as both of you did – a year ago it's very confusing and there's a lot of noise and a lot of misinformation um coming from you know all over so uh you know that's been one of my goals was to you know kind of speak to who i used to be when i first entered the market and and Mm. try to try to you know provide that person with everything i think that they would need um so i'm really really happy that uh it resonates with everybody that's great thank you 
Absolutely. So I think sort of the structure of this episode, then we'll have a bit of a, a catch up and, and find out what you've been doing this year and what's changed for you. Changed for you. And then I think the last time we spoke, it was very sort of crypto focused. And I know this year there's been also a huge focus on NFTs. Um, you know, this year we've seen the NFT boom, which has brought a load of new opportunities for digital artists. And that's been great. So just uh, I know a lot of the posts that you've been um, showing lately uh, kind of relate to you're, you're relating crypto to um, NFTs. And, and it's been quite interesting just to see that journey as well. So, um, yeah, perhaps we can just get a bit about your year. How has it mm. going for yourself? Obviously, yeah. Joe and I have seen you grow in success as well. Um, your, your page is obviously really successful and it's, you know, been growing growing and growing which is great to see i think it's all, all down to the content that you're providing as well which is really useful so um Thank yeah you. just your experience and um yeah we'll ask some questions we've got some questions lined up joe and yeah um also we put a question box out to our audience so we've had a few um of our followers ask some questions if that's all right for you nick so of course yeah yeah, yeah let's do it for sure i'm excited so, so how, how was the how was the last year been? So, I think we, when we uh, when we last, I think you just launched your program uh, or your platform where you'd uh, be able to help other people um, get into crypto. And I think you offered a service um, for sort of insights and trading. How's that sort of going? Right. So, I think that would have been. I mean, for saying a year from now or a year ago, that was about September of 2020, right? Oh, I, uh, I just looked. At it. it was January. It was January of 2020. Just shy of a year, yeah. Yeah, okay. So um, since then, I mean, a lot, a lot has changed. Uh, obviously, in the market, for instance, you know, we've seen, um, you know, a massive kind of correction followed by a massive run. Um, you know, on my channel, I've been talking about, you know, this price increase that was going to be happening. And I was saying it for a while. So it's finally happened, obviously. And... That's really good news. Um, how does that relate on the business side of things? Um, so I'm an educator in the crypto field. And, you know, part of the growth originally, you know, when people were entering, I find people have entered in kind of waves. Mm. Um, so back then there's, you know, there wasn't as much, like there was still a lot of people. They're kind of coming in because they're hearing about things, right? Um, but as the price of Bitcoin, you know, went from, you know, like 10 grand, or a little lower to, you know, obviously like 50 grand or 60 grand, th there's been a, a spike in interest. Um, the thing is what, what that involves is helping people who are in very different positions now, right? So people who are entering that market, like when you guys were entering the market, you know, you've had a lot of time to kind of learn and um, understand the atmosphere, right? The environment, um, you know, maybe even how to read the charts. Um, so what's the opportunity for me has been just scaling out and growing the education side, offering more programs um, and helping people, you know, at the end of the day, that's, that's one of my, my, you know, that's, that, that's part of my mission statement is to, is to accelerate, you know, investors growth, change their money mindset um, and help them grow. So the program is just kind of scaled out now where I'm able to help people who are literally just walking through the door, never bought crypto in their life and, you know, run a program for them, you know, that's four weeks. And, you know, it's not, it's not scary. It's, it's uh, you know, it's a very padded course, but it puts people in the right direction as to which way to go and not kind of get blinded by, 
you know, the greedier side of things. Because if you hop on the like, you know, crypto Twitter or YouTube, there's a lot of flashy lights, right? So yeah. the goal is to kind of help focus uh, people's attention. And, uh, you know, like I said, just been scaling that way. Uh, I opened up a Patreon channel where I'm literally, I'm the guy putting charts together for an exclusive group of people um, uh, on a daily basis. And uh, I'm, I'm trying to launch into uh, YouTube now and uh, continue growing and working with other amazing people uh, in this industry. Perfect. Yeah. And I, I guess uh, uh, so from the start of this year, there has been a lot of talk around crypto. I think, you know, I think even the last time we spoke, it was the first time my parents were sort of talking about Bitcoin <laughs> and crypto. And at that point, you think, right, like something is definitely bubbling here. <laughs> right. um, you know, when, when people start asking questions and it's all just been a very interesting year. And I suppose that's brought great opportunities for yourself because it allows you to speak to new people that are really interested in the space and want to learn more, but on a very simple, uh, simple basis and just, you know, really learning the basics first. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, it's interesting you bring up your parents because, you know, when we, when we think about that idea, right, someone who you think would never even know about crypto and all of a sudden they're now saying, Hey, I've been hearing about <laughs> this Bitcoin thing, right. Um, as an investor and a trader, this is actually a very, interesting piece of information to have because mm. this can help you identify where you are in the market oh, cycle fuck. right mm -hmm, yep so what that means is you know when you start seeing people who are i don't want to say have no business being in crypto because everybody has a business to be in here if they want to be in here but what, what i mean is like you're starting to see people who you know watch the news uh, who are not really aware of the space and the news is kind of telling them, hey, you know, Bitcoin reached a new all-time high, right? You start seeing the, the, the entry into mm -hmm. crypto become a little bit easier for people and you're seeing, you know, random people working, you know, who work, you know, maybe they're teachers, maybe they're construction workers, maybe they're doctors, right? Like I have conversations with all types of people and it's amazing to kind of see who's, who's kind of in the know and who's not. Mm -hmm. and where they are right like even my my dentist <laughs> it's so funny you know like i was talking to my dentist about a year ago before covid hit and uh she was she was like yeah you know i've been hearing a lot about bitcoin and i was like okay there's something to this right like where we are in the cycle um so i feel like we can use that information to kind of help us gauge when we're starting to get to the top and i'm mm -hmm. not saying we're there yet what i'm saying is when you start to see more and more of these people kind of asking questions right like maybe your friends are going to start asking you questions or other distant family members and things like that um that's a good flag you know to raise and say hold on if you're getting interested in crypto maybe the top is kind of coming close and mm. you know we can use that to gauge where the price of bitcoin or xrp or other coins are uh but you're right you know just to scale back you talked about newcomers coming into the space uh, like i said it's it's in waves uh, uh, this is the beauty of this space um, and I've been in it since 2017. So I've kind of seen the rise and, you know, the crash and burn and the bear cycle. And now this, you know, rising Phoenix of a price that we're seeing in the market. Um, people are always going to keep kind of coming in waves, I think, in this space. Um, and I don't even think we've seen full adoption yet. Like, I think we're still in that early adopters uh, phase if, if you mm -hmm. know what I'm talking about. So we're really going to see a lot more people enter this space, I think, uh, towards the, uh, you know, the middle mark of this uh, decade. 
And would you say at the moment it's too late for people to start taking those baby steps and, and start learning about crypto? Because um, I think we'll get onto it a little bit later, but some of the questions that have been asked is, you know, is this the right time to, to start getting into it? Is the market going to crash? Is it better to, you know, get in a bear market sometime next year? Um, these are the kind of questions I think people are quite fearful at the moment, if that makes sense. Um, and a lot of people think they've kind of missed the boat. Yeah, you know, I mean, 95% of this battle is in your head, right? Mm -hmm. 5% is actually in your action. So, um, you know, a lot of people have to kind of understand their, um, you know, their position with money first off, right? When you're investing into anything, you have to understand yourself. You have to understand your risk tolerance. How much do you want to spend, right? Or invest? Because once you invest it, you're, you're locking up that money right? You're not, it's not in your bank account anymore. So you're presumably not going to be using it mm -hmm, for mm -hmm. X amount of time, right? And the thing with these markets is it's, it's not, it, it, it's not that to say that, um, you know, we can't kind of time things out to a certain extent, but you know, it is unpredictable and no one has a, you know, um, uh, you know, like a, uh, time machine yeah time machine or like glass <laughs> ball or something like that exactly yeah right like if we did we'd all be going back right <laughs> to that of covid course. crash and buying the dip so um the the thing is is that it it's not too late it's never too late to enter what what, what mm -hmm. happens is when people start taking mortgages out and putting themselves in you know very high risk situations that they don't understand that's dangerous right like mm -hmm. so so it's always amazing to keep learning you're never too late to enter um but you know from my perspective you know being a professional and being in this space for as long as i've been um i i just right now is one of the most amazing times to be in crypto because we've just come off a really really nice correction and we're looking to see fireworks in quarter four mm -hmm. um and, and we still need a few things to kind of work themselves out before we can confirm 100% that we're going to have fireworks. Uh, by fireworks, what I just mean is like kind of moving into that euphoric state of the bull cycle. Mm -hmm. So it is an amazing time to get in. But everyone has to kind of do a, uh, like a reality check on themselves, right? To understand their position with money and understand the volatility of this space. Uh, mm -hmm. So as you know, education is key, right? That's, that's what your podcast uh you know is about it's about learning it's about educating yourself and helping others to grow right so yeah absolutely I feel like also there's there's so much information out there at the moment I feel like sometimes it can become very overwhelming you know there's a load of Instagram accounts YouTube you know everyone's yeah. talking about crypto perhaps not in the the safest way either um and I think people get a bit you know run down with that and don't really know where to start so I mean the platform that you've got is obviously an excellent opportunity um just off the back of that then have you seen a lot of people join in the thought process that they're going to get a bit of an overnight win or an overnight success? Because I think that this whole year has been pretty chaotic and there's been obviously a load of emotions when it comes to crypto. And you see, we've seen some people that made a lot of money pretty much, you know, in, in the yeah. same day, in the same week. And I think a lot of people perhaps think it is an easy game of, okay, I just put, you know, X amount in this account and I can yeah. double my money and get a hundred thousand pounds in the next day, but it's not yeah. like that in re reality. So, so what's been your experience this year, you know, speaking to people that are new into this space and, and, and their opinions onto it? Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's, you're right. Like, 
what you're talking about is like gambling, right? <clears throat> Having that thrill, right? People like looking at their portfolio and because crypto is so volatile, there is those opportunities where you're looking and you're like, wow, I just, I just did a hundred percent or I just did 200%. <laughs> Some people are, they're looking at it and going, wow, I already 10 X my portfolio. Right. Um, while other people are saying, Hey, I'm still waiting. I haven't done anything. Or I, you know, like I panic sold the bottom and I'm now buying, uh, you know, at a premium to get back in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the key is always education, right? Um, there's so much information out there. Um, you know, to, in my perspective, I, I feel like, you know, everyone always has an agenda. Um, and I'm not saying it's a bad agenda or I'm not saying it's a good agenda. I'm just saying everyone has a purpose for why they're saying what they're saying. Um, I think it's important for people who are entering the space to find, you know, if they're looking to learn or looking to invest, you have to find someone or a group of people that are like-minded to you, that resonate with you, that you can trust to a certain degree, because just listening to someone that you don't know, you don't know their name, you don't mm-hmm. know what they look like, and yeah. you're, you're making, you know, 100,000 pound decisions off of a stranger. Um, that's, if you really think about it, if you just take a step out and, and look at it from a third perspective, it sounds kind of crazy, right? Like, <laughs> why would you be doing that? Like, you wouldn't do that with anything else in your life. But why would you do that in crypto? Because there's that feeling, that thrill, that gamble. Um, it also shows that a lot of people are really trying to break out of the system, right? They're trying to free themselves from their day job. They're trying to increase their incomes to, you know, leverage it into their their side hustle to make it a, you know, a full-time business. Uh, and you follow where I'm going with this, right? So yeah, yeah. a lot of people are looking at this as, this is my one-time opportunity. And that can yeah. be emotionally disastrous for you if mm-hmm. you if you make one wrong decision, right? You can just completely wipe out your whole account. And I've seen it. I've seen people lose tons of money even just by transferring their crypto to the wrong wallet address. Oh, you know, just something as silly as that. You, I've seen people lose like tons of money, like seven figures worth of money, and there's no way to get it back. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I've done this one. So, well, obviously not to that scale. Uh, seven figures. Otherwise, <laughs> I hope I not, seven, seven pound. <laughs> As a, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I would not be sitting here if I... <laughs> but no, but, I mean, I, I, I accidentally transferred $80 to... Well, actually, I don't know where it went because it just went. I went to transfer from one account to another and it went. And it, it did. It, it, it sort of spooked me in a way. And I've gone... And there's been opportunities where I've had to... I thought, oh, I'll just trade this into this account. And because I've... You know, because I haven't done it right... And, and, you know, maybe not have them people to sort of lean on to go, look, you know, I've made a mistake. How do I go wrong here? It sort of makes me uh, panic a bit more, makes me a little bit more uh, anxious to trade or whatever. And then you say you're missing out on some of these opportunities and that. So, no, I completely agree that, that you know, find some people that um, that you can bounce ideas off of, you know, and, and no question is a, is a silly question, especially in this space, because everything's so new. You know, there's so many things I see daily that pop up and, and I think, well, what does that term mean? What does this mean? What does that mean? And because the space is just evolving all the time, there's just new things and that keep coming up. It's true. It's an expanding ecosystem. Um, you know, back in 2017, we didn't have DeFi. DeFi entered the market in the bear cycle, I think, in 2018. Uh, Link, Chainlink. Mm-hmm. And it, just the idea of, you know, staking and, you know, uh, yielding, right? Like through the farm, like farm yielding and stuff like that. Um, they were just, they were just concepts and, you know, a lot of these projects be, made them into a reality. Now, obviously now you can see, you know, with Binance Smart Chain, um, 
and other very, very strong projects that are offering like staking and ways for you to, um, you know, use your money as collateral, lending features like Binance is all over this. Coinbase was trying to do this until the SEC jumped in on their lending um, yeah. uh, 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 opportunity or so. It, it's so much evolution's happening and we don't even have regulations yet. <laughs> so it's like all of this stuff is growing in kind of a wild, wild west environment. Like we're so early here. Um, but the, the faster people are able to learn the basics, something as simple as, and I'm not saying this to put you down, Joe, I'm just saying it in the <laughs> sense of, you know, just Go understanding. On, yeah. <laughs> no, but like, you know, it, you really do own your money, right? Like there's no bank, there's no middle person that's going to own your money unless you're dealing with the centralized exchange. But you really have to understand, you know, just some key basic components of, you know, when you're transferring money, you know, um, especially when you're dealing with large sums of money, right? Like I would never recommend anybody to be moving large sums of money in one transaction, you know, like something is uh, like a strategy of just sending that large sum of money in multiple, um, you know, batches. That can be the difference between you sending all that money to the wrong account versus you sending a little bit to the wrong account and going, Hey, where did that money go? Oh crap. I send it to the wrong, I sent it to the wrong wallet address, but thank God it didn't send all of it. Right. Something like yeah. that. Because, I mean, I, I don't know what it's like in, in Canada, but in the UK, you know, at least there, there is a chance if, if you send the money to the wrong account, you can bring up your bank and they could be potentially they could get it back for you because it's an error. You know, as you say, in yeah. crypto, you yeah. know, as soon as I transferred it, it, it didn't appear after a day. I was thinking, oh, that's, that's right. gone. That's right. <laughs> you know, see yeah. you later. But, yeah, yeah. no, it is, um, it is, it is I, I think, as you say, we, I think we'll keep repeating ourselves tonight, but it is down to education, you know. You have to make sure that, you educate yourselves and you fully understand what you're doing because it, it might seem like a bit of a game and there's all these charts coming and, and everything's going up and down. But essentially, you know, it is your money that you could lose. And, and just not with the, the markets and just the, it's, it's also the platforms that you use and the technology and understanding, you know, what really goes into this. And I think a big learning curve for us this year, Joe, is even just uh, figuring out what apps to use, um, you oh, know, what's the, what's the best place to actually place trades and, you know, how to get your own secure wallet and things like that. Like this is, this is all terminology that was very new to us back at the end of last year. And um, yeah. I think that kind of education as well is really useful for people, not just, you know, yeah. about particular markets mm. but also you know the the platforms that you trade on definitely definitely yeah i totally agree you know it's you know like even when the internet first <clears throat> was introduced to the public right you know there's a huge learning curve there of how to use the internet right like um like when i first started using the internet i was a teenager and we had like dial-up modem i'm not trying to age myself here I'm just trying to say <laughs> the evolution of the pro of the process and <laughs> Um, you know, there was a lot involved with just getting onto the internet and, you know, we would, we, we would use, um, internet, uh, providers like, uh, um, AOL, for instance, I'm not sure if you ever yeah, heard of that, yeah. <laughs> but you know, like it was such a big deal back then. Obviously we've, we've evolved massively, but even through this evolution, there's still like a learning curve, right? Like, you know, when Google and Apple and, you know, we have the cloud, uh, or we have an app store, we have a play store or whatever, right? Like even using that type of information has helped, you know, increase efficiency in, you know, business professionalism, right? In the workplace, uh, in the crypto side of things, the fact that we have candlestick charts, the fact that, you know, uh, the infrastructure for these exchanges or even Uniswap, 
right? You know how we have decentralized exchanges right now, like Uniswap, and we have mm-hmm. MetaMask. Like, like we can do so much more now with our money to help it grow or to just, you know, uh, trade assets. But you know, like like Joe said, right? It's it's education. Like you just have to take some time to just educate yourself. I think one of the biggest hurdles people have is, like I said earlier, there's so much noise. You don't even know where to start. So yeah. it's like picking up a book with no chapters and just picking a page blindly to start reading, right? Like you have no idea where you are in the story. You just kind of start somewhere. Um, it's so important to find someone or a community of people that can kind of direct you a little bit to put you kind of like at the starting line and say, hey, read this first or do mm-hmm. this first build on a foundation right and that's kind of what my program's about is is getting people to kind of just build a very strong foundation and then start adding layers on top of it because as you start adding more complicated advanced layers it could be charting techniques it could be you know uh, the ideas of like you know staking and stuff like that or even leverage trading you don't want to be leverage trading if you don't know how to send money from your you know one wallet to the other right like mm-hmm. you, you have to start basics and build on top of that yeah no so well i mean uh, i think we'll just jump straight into the questions to be fair because i think to be honest i think a lot of our listeners i think a lot of your listeners that come over to our page as well i think they think that you are uh satoshi here with some of these questions so if there, if there, are, if there are any questions that seem a little bit difficult because to be honest i've read some of them but i have yeah. no idea what they mean so um i might, I might, I might just have to ping it to you just that so you they can get the questions answered but um we've okay. got quite a lot that, that came um through us to say our, our phones were pinging all day um right we'll go with the first one uh so say if you if you're not too sure uh let us know you know we can cut it out because as I say, I didn't understand some of these. So okay, sure. Ho- hopefully the crypto expert can. <laughs> but the first that's one we got um, with a guy that's Instagram handle was four dots. Could be anything. Um, he said, if the bear market is coming next year, why not sell all crypto in this Q4? If it's going to pump, then, uh, then buy later in the bear market. Yeah, so that's a great question. You know, um, a, big, a big chunk of this is understanding the market cycle. Um, now, a lot of people always say all or nothing. And my question is, why does it have to be all or nothing? Yeah. Right? Now, with the idea of, you know, staking and the rewards, this is this provides another layer of opportunity for people to, you know, understand their position in this crypto game. So <clears throat> if you do, you know, skim your profits along the way up, right? Like, let's just say Bitcoin goes to 100 grand, right? So it does like a, you know, it goes up 100%. And, you know, you're skimming your profits. And now the bear market starts into the into the new year. The thing is, like, maybe you have life changing money sitting in your in your, you know, your, your crypto wallet, right? Maybe it's a stable coin, or maybe it's fiat. The thing is, you can take that money and put it back in your bank account. And use that money to pay bills, to change your life, right? Maybe retire your parents. You know, people have so many different situations going on, right? Um, the other side of it is maybe you keep a percentage of your gains that you made in crypto and you make it work for you. So what that means is if you were to stake your crypto, even if the price is going down, you're not worried about the price going down because you're staking your crypto, right? You're trying right. to you're trying to make even if the price goes down, your staking is just based on time. 
So let's just say, you know, when the, the bull cycle top hits a year later, that's typically where we've seen, you know, the bear cycle bottom typically get hit from previous mm-hmm. cycles. It's about a year. Um, now let's just say you play that year roughly, give or take. So you set yourself up in a staking, you know, you lock up your coins or whatever coin you have in some sort of staking option and you stake it for like six months or 10 months or a year, whatever the, the contract option is. But by the time that contract ends, you now have more of that crypto than you started with. And what you can then do is start to deploy that to buy the, those bottoms, right? Or you have it at the bottom and maybe you have USDT or USDC or some other stable coin on the side, just sitting there staking, right? There, I know there are, there are platforms that, uh, that offer staking on uh, stable coin which might be better because it's a one-to-one ratio, right? So you're not actually losing dollar value, but you're still making more money in that year, Mm -hmm. but it's just dormant capital. Uh, So instead of keeping it at a bank and, you know, a bank, I think you get like savings of like what, uh, like 0.03% or something like that, like per year. If you're lucky, yeah. (laughs) Right. But in crypto, if you're staking, like you could get seven to 14%, some other coins is even higher in the year. Um, and what that means is, yeah, you could just buy the bottom. But once again, it just comes back down to your situation, right? And your risk tolerance and your strategy. Everyone's going to have a very different strategy, right? Like my strategy is not going to work for someone else because I might be in a very different life situation than you are. So mm-hmm. that's my perspective and trying to answer that question. No, good answer. Um, I've got a question. So someone asked this. Um do you have any tips for managing greed when trading? Ooh. I tend to find to take profits, but not at the top. What do you suggest? Well, the first the first thing you have to come to terms with is you're not going to ever be perfect. And if you are, you're lucky. Um, I've actually been tweeting about this on my uh, North Code Twitter handle. Um, Go North check Code- out. Thank you. <laughs> North Code Crypto. That's the handle. Um, and, and, I, and I talked today about you know, read and understanding, like, you know, a lot of people ask me, like, is this the bottom? Is the bottom in? Is the bottom in? Mm-hmm. And it, it's, I mean, the first part is like, do you understand how to read a chart, right? If you don't know how to read a chart, okay, that's, that's the first thing, right? Like you better start to learn the basics of how to read a chart. But the other side to that is trying to just buy as close to where you think the bottom is going to be is sometimes better than not buying at all because what happens is as the price starts to go down right so a lot of people like i said are asking me is the bottom in i'm trying to wait for that bottom and what happens is the price keeps going lower they just keep watching it thinking okay well it went as low as i (laughs) thought it was going to go but now oh wait but it might actually even go lower than i thought it was going to go so maybe i won't but guess what happens it immediately gets bought back up and this is a big problem because in this industry you got competition from whales right and we we all know what whales are right yeah yeah okay so they are they are like liquidity hunting everybody they are trying to get people to panic sell and then trick them into then not buying (laughs) because they they trick you into thinking it's going to go even lower so my suggestion is you know from a technical perspective is try to to use support and resistance on a chart to help you dollar cost average into your positions instead of just saying, Hey, I have 50,000 pounds or dollars and I'm going to use that to buy the bottom. What you might want to do is break up that money and dollar cost average in. And what that means is just using that money and buying it 
like buying your entries at various points as the price keeps going lower. Um, that way your average then will be more in a range, right? Uh, and this kind of leads to the second part of my answer, which is you have to tell yourself you're not, you're never going to be perfect in this space. Mm -hmm. Like this is what wrecks everybody. They're just trying to be perfect. Uh, the reality is aim for near perfection, trade bottom ranges, trade top ranges, treat, treat these levels instead of like specific price levels, right? Like, so instead of saying I'm, I'm going to sell at $10 when XRP hits there, try to look at more like a range, right? Maybe I'll sell a little at seven, maybe a little at, 8.50, a little mm -hmm. at 10, right? When you kind of do it that way, it, it protects you from missing out because what happens if $10 doesn't come? Good thing you sold at 7 and 8.50, right? Yeah, such a good point. Um, mm. a, a, you know, a very great example of this is actually looking back at XRP in the previous cycle. XRP went up to $3.85. Like I said, I, I was a part of that run and mm. I was watching it. And I, I mean, you're, you're caught like a deer in the headlights when that thing is going, like when the price is going up that parabolically. And the thing is everyone in the space is saying XRP is going to five bucks. So when you see it hit $3 and 85 cents, you're thinking, well, maybe I'll hold off till five, but guess what? Never ever went back above that level. Mm -hmm. And the price goes down very, very fast as, as we all know. Right. So um, the key is to think of it in ranges. And once again, dollar cost average into your positions like these bottom ranges and try to sell or skim profits along the way at higher ranges. You never want to be buying high, right? You always want to buy low and sell high. Perfect. Mm. No, no, perfect. Brilliant answer. <clears throat> well, I've got another, another question. Uh, this one is from uh, a user called Joseph Koshi. Um, I joke, that used to be my boss, and I know he listens to this podcast, so hello, mate. I hope you're listening. Um, <laughs> That's hope awesome. I, <laughs> hope you're taking notes. Um, anyway, he said, um, do you think that the government uh, and, and bodies like the SEC will ever fully adopt um, crypto? It's funny because we were having a conversation about what's going on in El Salvador. Um, you see the president is tweeting. I think he tweeted the other day saying he bought the dip. Uh, another couple hundred <laughs> coins of Bitcoin, yeah. and, and he said it was. And he said it's government advice or president president advice. <laughs> president advice. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> do you think that? Do you think that the, you know we're sort of younger politicians maybe coming through, um, and maybe you know younger people going into the government? Do you think that the tide will sort of shift in the future towards crypto? Well, I think the key is is um, you know there's a saying right, uh, don't follow what they say, follow what they do. And, if, you know, if you if you just follow the money, you'll already know that these big players are already all in. And I don't mean all in like they're already, you know, with their financial, uh, their financials that they're all in. What I mean is the the philosophy. They're already in. They already know where this is going. Uh, yesterday, uh, the SEC uh, head, uh, Gary Gensler, had a had an interview. And, um, you know, he's he I, I know this guy gets a lot of flack and I'm, I'm not going to talk about the, the controversies with him. But I think what one of the key things I was hearing is just that they're trying to clean up the mess before it gets even messier, because this ecosystem is expanding with incredible speed. Um, and, and it does have the capability of really hurting a lot of people. 
um, as well as other people who might benefit from it, there's still a lot of people that might not benefit from, from this because they don't understand, right? It's like what we were talking about earlier. Um, so I think, I think answering this question, it's, it's, I think they're already a part of the system. You know, when you look at companies like Ripple and they're tooting that they have, you know, 100 or 200 partnerships with like banking institutions, um, they're getting sued or charged by the SEC or whatever it is. And, you know, even Coinbase trying to lend and saying, hey, we're trying to work with regulators. There, there's seriously a power control happening right now. Like mm. there are a group of people that are trying to control how this um, how this crypto industry will look, and we know in the states, especially in New York, they really have all they have a bad history of trying to overregulate or overcontrol the crypto space. Um, even in my province in Ontario, and I live in Toronto in Canada, um, you know, like they're banning us from using so many different types of exchanges. Binance is now the uh, the latest one, and it's a big one. And they're not letting us use it uh, come the end of this year because Binance isn't kind of complying with the regulations that, you know, they want them to comply with. So there's a whole lot of, of control occurring. Uh, but I do believe that there's so much more buy-in into this space um, than, than anyone's saying. So if, by when I say, like I said earlier, right, like don't follow what they say, follow what they do. JP Morgan, prime example of a bank in the States, completely being negative about Bitcoin and crypto. And if you've noticed recently, they've like completely turned the other, you know, cheek on it. And if you really look carefully and follow what they're doing, follow that money, they're so invested into, you know, Coinbase and um, that should speak volumes, right? Like these companies that are talking negative about crypto are, are, are hedging their bets at the same yeah. time. So yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think there's, I've, so I've got a question and it's just, I, I think it runs quite nicely off of the, the topic that we were just on. So um, this person's asked, what, in your opinion, has been the greatest development this year in terms of crypto? And I think what they mean by this question is, um, you know, in terms of the partnerships that have been made, in terms of some companies are now accepting Bitcoin, for example, as payments. Um, there's been loads going on. So what, in your opinion, has been most fascinating um, and most interesting this year? So I'll answer this in two, in two parts. The first part is a barrier of entry. Back in 2017 and earlier, especially for someone like myself in Canada, the, the barrier of entry was insane. Like I had to go to my bank. I had to create a money order. I had to then go to the post office. I had to mail the money order <laughs> to the exchange. And then I had to wait. Now, what happens if that mail order got sent to like Vancouver instead of downtown Toronto? <laughs> that actually happened to me. Um, you're stuck waiting. The barrier of entry now is so easy. You know, mm -hmm. you can literally use your debit card and, you know, or e-transfer the money in and it's there in like, you know, in like less than 24 hours type thing or even earlier. Uh, we can also wire money now, which is uh, a little bit more trustworthy nowadays as a, compared to how it was back then. So I think that's the first part to me, for me in terms of my experience is just barrier of entry um, so much easier now and so much faster. Uh, I've guided so many people this way, including family. Um, but I would have never dared to do that back then. Um, mm -hmm. So, and then the second part of that question to answer uh, in terms of the system itself, I think the biggest thing is, is uh, fundamental like use case, right? Like is, 
is that blockchain or crypto, is it solving a problem, like a real world problem, right? Like we know with XRP, uh, and I'm not trying to say this with a bias, but like we know that they're trying to change the way money moves, right? They're trying to increase uh, speed and reduce friction. Um, that's solving a massive problem in the world, right? Global remittances. Um, there are other companies that are doing more technical things on the back end, um, you know, using their blockchain, right? Like through decentralized finance. Uh, and now we have, you know, we've alluded to this topic a little earlier, but like NFTs now have come into this space. Um, that's a great segue, but NFTs, as silly as we see them being right now, right? There's so many weird memes and so many funny little things. <laughs> and, you know, they're selling for like ridiculous you know, eight-figure prices, seven-figure prices, which I don't understand. It looks, you know, things look like eight-bit um, <laughs> artwork that you can do in Microsoft Paint. I'm not knocking it. I'm just, it's a fact, right? It's incredible. Um, it's just, it's, it's, yeah, it's a phenomenal event that's taking place. But the reality is you're seeing this ecosystem, which is our cryptocurrency blockchain space, just continue to keep pushing the, the walls, right, uh, or the box, and just keep pushing it and making it larger and larger and and allowing people to see that, like, there's no limitation here. Um, like, we are really experiencing something very magical. Um, and it's as important to me, and this is my opinion, you know how, like, important Apple or Google or Amazon or Netflix were to their industries? I feel mm -hmm. like Cryptocurrency and blockchain are doing that right now, um, except it's not just one industry. Like they have the power to literally transform like every industry. Uh, and NFTs is is just something so magical because um, I just read something today about it. How they're talking about trying to use NFTs to sell houses. Oh my god! Yeah, it's it's crazy. Cars I've seen. Um, right. Body parts. That's an interesting one. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, that, that was interesting. Uh, that's that's first... Yeah, are we allowed to discuss black market activities on this? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, that's interesting. Well, I think sports players or something like ensuring yeah. their legs and things like that. I don't know. Oh, yeah. wow. It's but a I mean, wild like, world. Even, yeah, it's a totally wild world. But you know, like even I, I mean, to me, the logical side of this is, you know, you have uh, painters like world-renowned world renowned painters. You have artists like who are in the comic world. I'm a big comic book fan. Um, you know, like you can't replicate their work, right? That's what makes it unique, right? Now, I know you could say, well, why won't you just buy the original and put it up on your wall? But I think this is just that buy-in of the digital mm -hmm. sense, right? Now, a lot of people will say, well, you could just hit right-click and save, and now you have a copy of it, right? But yeah. I mean, if I knew if it, that was it was that straightforward. <laughs> well, it, it, you believe it or not, you can just hit right click and save it. But it's just the thing; it comes down to the authenticity, right? Like, like, do you have the original, and is it worth something? And it's no different than you buying a painting, right? Like, mm -hmm. like a lot of people will, would scoff at. I would never pay a million dollars for a painting of squiggly things on a wall, right? But there's a whole market for people in that niche that would look at that and go, "That's a work of genius." And it is worth a million dollars. And I will buy it for a million dollars. It's the same principles, right? If if someone puts a value on it and another person says, I will buy it, that's 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 creating, you know, uh buying and selling and demand and supply, right? Like it's it all works together that way, right? So 
Yeah, it's it's ownership, right? As well, it's it's the ownership part. I mean, you can you can buy a dupe of like the Mona Lisa artwork, mm. for example, but it, is it the original? No, it's not, and that's what brings the value down. So, um, exactly. I think, yeah, I, I think it's it's a really interesting space, definitely. And it's I mean, it's not just for digital artists. I mean, people that create music, um, you know, actors. There's there's so much going on, and I think there's great opportunity for a, a wider different areas. So yeah. yeah, it'll be interesting space in the future. The, the only thing I'll say, it's a bit of a prediction. I don't know if this is going to happen, but because we know NFTs are so connected to the crypto space, um, price action always follows these market cycles. And I'm just going to put mm. this out. If we do see a very brutal bear market enter next year and prices dip like 80% or 90%, my, my suspicion is the NFTs are also going to take a bad hit because I can't imagine a bear market price is going down 50%, 80%, 90%. And someone's still saying, Hey, I'll buy that NFT for a million dollars. This just my logical flag kind of popping up saying that um, I would just think that people might not want to be investing at that point in a bear cycle in an NFT. So I feel like even if people are trying to sell these things uh, just, you know, like to flip a buck or whatever, right. Um, just be, maybe just be a little bit mindful of, you know, holding it through a bear cycle because you might not be able to sell it. And I'm just speculating. I could be totally wrong because we've never had NFTs in a bear cycle yet. Right. This is going to be the first bear cycle <laughs> coming up that will have NFTs in. So we'll see how that goes. Mm. No, I think, I, I think you're right. That everything sort of does follow um, Bitcoin and it, it will be interesting maybe in a couple of years once the thing, the cycle sort of, uh, they're not tethered to Bitcoins. You say NFTs become their own market and then they have their own cycles and they're not followed by Bitcoin. It'd be really interesting to see sort of how it, everything breaks off and how everything acts um, in that way. But, you know, we are, I guess, a good couple of years away from that. Um, but no, it, it, I find NFTs fascinating, especially all the crypto punks and stuff, you know, just the figures that they go for. It's just astounding. The artwork itself is beautiful. Don't get me wrong. Like I, I could sit and just kind of scroll through all types of different things. Uh, yeah, the price tag, like I said, for me, I look at it more of like, hey, if I'm going to buy an NFT, I would use it as an investment vehicle of, of is this going to go 10x or something like that? And can mm -hmm. I sell it? Because if, you know, like that's part of the thing with investing and trading is you almost have to be as emotionless as possible because your goal isn't to be happy about it. Your goal is to, you know, buy it and make more money off of it. And if the, if the wave or the trend is saying the price is going to keep going higher, well, you ride that wave, right? You ride the trend. The In charting, we always say the trend is your friend. And the same thing would go with the trend with NFTs. If the NFT marketplace is hot and there's a lot of hype behind it, there's a, there's an opportunity there to, to take some risk and buy some NFTs and Maybe in three months, when the market really starts to, you know, uh, explode, those NFTs might be worth way more than what you paid for today. Yeah, yeah. I think that well, one of the last questions I've got, Hannah. I don't know how many you've questions because you've got left. Um, but sort of um, with all these new uh, things that are coming onto the market, so you've got loads of crypto, and you've got all different coins that get created every day, and you've got NFTs. Um, what would your uh, very simple advice be in terms of security? Uh, in terms of sort of protecting yourself from crypto, maybe keeping yourself safe online. You know, you don't want to be giving out your uh, address and your details to other people. Is there sort of recurring um, advice that you give out to people? 
Well, I mean, it's it's you know, it's like I tell my daughter, right? Um, I thought you said your dog. Sorry. No, no, not my dog. My daughter, my daughter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like you know, she's very young, and you know, she's born in this world of a fast-paced technological, you know, revolution where they're using, you know, technology in school. Uh, I never had technology in school. It was just you know, uh, books and pen, pencil, paper, right? Do you know um, what? I'm going to cut you off. Sorry, it's a bit, sorry to cut you off. Do you know what? We interviewed someone the other day. Uh, yeah. They're from Australia, a company. They have a virtual piggy bank uh, with crypto. So every so instead of you know paying a pen or paying a dollar or a pound mm-hmm. into a, uh, a piggy bank, you can start paying into crypto. Yeah. And it's just simple things like that. Even just like with the kids nowadays, you know, in, in yeah. 10, 15 years' time, they, you know, mm-hmm. they're going to be experts, you know, like, like oh, I guess I am with yeah. a computer compared to my granddad. You yeah. Know, they're going to be exactly the same with crypto. This will, yeah, make yeah. You la- this will make you laugh, Nick. Um, we were chatting to, to the same guy. Um, he basically asked his daughter, I think she, she was about five or six years old. Um, I think she lost a tooth. And he said, look, from the tooth fairy, what would you rather, cash or Bitcoin? And she goes, <laughs> she goes, she goes, Bitcoin. It just goes to show like how things, yeah. generations are changing. And it's just, yeah, yeah it's incredible. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it, it, and it has to get backed up with education, right? Like understanding how things work, right? And that's kind of like to answer your question it, it comes down to you know security like cyber security right like yeah just, just because mm-hmm. you have access to this amazing world of youtube and all this crazy stuff on the internet like there's still a lot of inappropriate stuff on there that i don't want my daughter seeing so i have you know i have to kind of talk to her about you know security that way right like um you know big thing is like discord for instance right discord's like all the mm-hmm. rave with the kids and um like I, I personally use this stuff for, you know, professional means. Um, like I wouldn't say I'm a user. Like, uh, like I said, I use it for business perspective, and um, you know, but a lot of kids are using it for like social activity, right? Like, uh, so what that means is there's so much stuff going on there that's can be really, really inappropriate, right? Like people fishing for passwords and stuff like that. So mm. the reason I'm bringing that up is because I think when we talk, when we translate this to like an adult, the adult forgets that this can actually happen to them too. People are going to be scamming you, except they're going to be scamming you in a very smart way to take advantage of your um, na- uh, naivety, right? Like uh, we see this so many times on YouTube, right? There's like a Brad Garling house live event and they're asking you to donate, you know, a hundred XRP and we'll give you back a thousand XRP and things like that. And a lot of people, I can't believe it because you can check the wallet addresses to see how many people are sending crypto to it. And it's nuts how many people wow. are sending crypto, but it's, it's because they don't, they, they're just getting duped, right? Like it's, they're just getting played. Um, so I think, I think one of the, the key things in terms of, you know, your own security when you're entering the spaces, understand these risks, right? Understand the scammers, understand that, you know, if you have a Ledger Nano, don't store your passwords in your email, right? Don't store your passwords online. Uh, you know, write them down in, in a notebook or something like that. And don't lose yeah. them. Don't lose them. And the thing is, like, I've, I've seen this happen to some people where they lose stuff and we've heard really, really bad stories of uh, people who are, you know, they lost the password or their seed phrase for, you know, Bitcoin accounts with like, you know, almost nine figures worth of Bitcoin, like dollar wise. And like, (laughs) you only have so many attempts before it fully locks you out. 
And then that's it. It's gone. Like you're done. You can no longer uh, access it. <laughs> so the, the key is just understanding these secure, these simple little security risks. Like don't trust everybody you meet on the internet, right? Like, like it's just like in real life, right? Like you meet people, you can be very uh, polite and kind and happy, but like if that same person that you don't know is now asking you like, well, where do you live? What's your street address? Oh, okay. You know, like really personal questions. You would have a flag go up and go, hold on. Why are you asking all these questions, yeah. right? Like, what do you want? Like, why do you want to know my bank account number? So <laughs> the same thing as like these people on the internet, right? It's like, you got to be careful. Uh, the other thing is they dis- these people, they, these scammers, they disguise themselves as authority figures. They disguise themselves, impersonate themselves as other people. Um, I've had my share of that. Thankfully, it's been mitigated. But, you know, a lot of these people are always asking for money. And the reality is, you know, whoever the influencer is or the, you know, company is, like, they're not, they'll never ask you for money, right? They'll never ask you to send them crypto um and then we can resolve your problem like it doesn't work that way so but a lot of people get duped into this stuff um so i think a lot of people just have to kind of put that logical cap back on and just kind of just be a little cautious of other people um until you can kind of build some form of a trust but even then right like we've heard stories in the crypto space of people who have uh like you know like we know the sector is heavily uh like the demographic is is heavily favored to the men right so I, I, I've seen this on crypto Twitter where, you know, some dudes get played by women because it, 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 the thing is, it's like your emotions are involved and no, I don't know what everyone's situation is like, but you know, anything that goes here, right? Like you can play off people's insecurities, build a relationship with them, right? You get where I'm going with this. And then next thing you know, it's like your crypto wallet is now emptied. <laughs> And this has happened. I've seen this happen. I've wow. read these stories on crypto Twitter. I'm not just making this up. So, God, yeah, <laughs> Jesus, interesting times. Scary stuff indeed. And yeah. it is—it's not even Halloween yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's scary, but as long as, but if you know, then you're prepared, and now you can live life, you know, without fear because you already know what to expect, right? You, like, I mean, I can see these things a mile away. And I still get scammers messaging me and I laugh. And you see a lot of other people who know about these scammers because they've been in this industry for too long. They just start having fun with it now. <laughs> like they just start mm-hmm. having a funny conversation with them. And then they share the conversation on Twitter and everyone has a laugh. But at the same time, you're also aware now of how these people are operating. Um, so it can be dangerous, but if you know what's going on, you're safe. Yeah, I think it just all boils down to the education part of it, right? Like you mentioned, really from the get-go and just building that foundation and really teaching yourself, training yourself up before you start jumping into things. Definitely. Um, and that just goes back into the cybersecurity thing, like it goes into trading itself, the platforms, everything. It all boils down to, to knowledge and, and training yourself up first, getting that solid foundation. Um, exactly. So yeah, so Nick, obviously we don't want to keep you too long. I've got a burning question and it it's just for me. It's not actually one that's been asked him, but I'm sure a lot of our listeners would like to know as well. Um, here, here we sounds go. Ex- sounds exciting. It's exciting for me, but it's probably, you know, perhaps not for you, Joe. But the last time we spoke, um, I think it was, you know, uh, I think it was the start of the year. Basically, XRP had 
taken a bit of a tumble. Um, and then we, we spoke quite a lot around the Sec Ripple lawsuit, what was going on there. There's been so much drama since, and I think a lot of media reports, and, and it's sometimes quite difficult to keep up with the latest. Um, and XRP, I've, I've got a soft spot in my heart for it. I, I really do. Um, it's, been, it's, been, it's been one of the very, very, very beginners, like the, the, the very start of crypto and my crypto experience was with XRP, right? And I've, I've been on a journey with it, <laughs> I feel. Yeah. So could, would you be able to give us and our listeners perhaps just a really quick high level overview of what's going on currently and what you expect to see in the future um, with this whole lawsuit and what it means well, for Ripple? In your well, opinion, of course, right? It's not advice. Well, I think, okay, so yeah, no, I totally get it. It's all good. Um, so from a fundamental perspective, yeah, Ripple, SEC, they got the, this lawsuit. As we know with lawsuits, these things take years to to figure out and we've seen ripple come out recently and saying you know we have no like they came out and said we have no interest in settling now uh from that perspective i mean i would never think they would admit to say like we want to settle because mm -hmm. it's, it's it's coming from a place of weakness i would just think like logically and and from a business perspective um they need to be strong so of course they're gonna be like no like we're we're gonna win this like we're not wrong at all right they defend that position uh, but we, this thing is just like big theater, in my opinion. Um, you know, I always, I, I mean, I was saying this ages ago that even when it happened, I just thought, you know, every massive big tech company always, always pays the bill. Like they always get like the, the resolution always ends up with them settling. Mm. Now, I'm not debating whether Ripple's right or wrong here. That's I'm not even going to go into that. I just think that this thing is not going to end this year. I think this thing might end next year. Um, and I do believe that there will be a settlement that's uh, to a certain degree. Um, uh, what's also interesting, and there's a big tell on it, I'm just going to bring up Coinbase, is that Coinbase was trying to uh, offer this lending feature to their uh, customers. And then and they had been trying to have a conversation with the SEC this whole time. Other agents, uh, sorry, other exchanges and other platforms are already lending. So, but they're like, hey, well, why are you guys coming after us? But they, they tried to have this conversation. Ripple did the same thing of trying to, you know, have this conversation. But, you know, at the same time, like we got to remember, like Ripple is a big tech company, right? Mm -hmm. They might have good intentions of trying to change the world. And, you know, there's a lot of like, you know, dare I say fanboys that are like, you know, just on the Brad Garlinghouse tip that he can't do anything wrong. But, you know, at the end of the day, like a part of me always thinks like these guys are all in it maybe to change the world, but there's like a, a financial part to this too. Right. And there's like a, there's a power component to this. Like they're part of that bigger machine. So I do think a settlement will occur um, at some point. Now, how does that relate from the fundamentals to the, to the technicals? Well, the fundamentals, they're still got all those partnerships. They're still making more partnerships. There's so many NDAs that nobody knows a hundred percent, who the real big players are that are partnered with them, right? Like we only know what we know that's been released. Um, so from the technical perspective, you know, I remember back then when, you know, the SEC news came out and the market was like crashing for XRP. And I kept telling everybody, don't sell the bottom. Like the market structure is intact, right? From a chart perspective, XRP literally bounced off the trend line, which was the supporting trend line that it had broke above. Uh, mm -hmm. Now, the other thing is, We've seen like the XRP pump and dump that happened, right? Do you guys remember that part, that thing? Yeah, yeah. 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 I think we spoke just after it, to be honest. Yeah, so like 
everybody was supposed to buy XRP at you know this date and time to emulate the Wall Street bets thing. And the reality of what happened was everybody front run it. Like they all <laughs> bought before, pumped the price up. And then I was watching it because I'm like, this is going to be an absolute disaster. Yeah. <laughs> like this is a, a buy the rumor, sell the news event. And guess what? At the exact hour that <laughs> they're supposed to buy, the, like XRP just got crushed. Mm. Everybody sold and made profit. Uh, a lot of people bought at the top because they were uneducated and inexperienced with this, right? So this is like these traps, these uh, that are that are being played, right, by a lot of the whales. Mm. So what's happened then? Well, we've seen price go up and we've seen price go down. The key thing is, though, when you look at it from a bigger picture, like a weekly, uh, like a weekly chart, the trend is up. And like I said earlier, the, follow the trend, right? The trend is your friend. Even if the price keeps, you know, having these retraces, as long as it's creating higher highs and higher lows. And if you look at XRP on a weekly chart, it's printing higher highs and higher lows. And right now we are just printing another step in this. Um, it's scaring a lot of people, but the reality is it's about to go absolutely ape. Um, XRP is one of the few major coins that hasn't even fully flexed its muscle yet. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not saying this from a, from a, you know, from a bias. I'm just saying this, looking at it from a chart perspective that, like XRP is going to go up massively. And we know XRP has two speeds. I always joke about it. XRP's two speeds are, it's either parabolic or it's in a coma. And <laughs> right now it looks like it's in a coma. But <laughs> just like I said way back in the day, and telling people to buy it when it was like 40 cents, obviously not financial advice, but I was saying, hey, mm -hmm. it's at 40 cents. It went up all the way to two bucks from that point in time. And of course, markets go up and down. So right now it's just going a bit down because the market went down. But guess what? Today XRP is up uh, almost 13% right now off of these, you know, this, this bigger uh, correction that we've seen. Um, so it's going to keep going higher. And it, I think it's about to hit uh, what I like to call a parabolic phase of its market structure. Uh, we've seen coins like AVAX, Avalanche, Algo, um, you know, we saw Dogecoin kind of show that strength in the past where it just like keeps going up. And you're like, how can this coin just keep <laughs> going up? And it like doesn't stop. It's because it's in a parabolic structure or phase in its market structure. Um, when I've run fractal comparisons, fractal comparisons are when you kind of compare the price movements from one coin to another. Um, in my perspective, I'll just drop a little alpha here, but from my perspective, XRP is literally ready to enter that parabolic phase now and start doing things that you've seen coins like dent or sea coin or um like i said doge most recently avalanche has been on a tear but like something like that like that parabolic state where it just seems like nothing can hold it back mm -hmm. xrp is about ready to enter that part of its market structure so um i'm really excited for where xrp is about to go We've it's all been surprising. waiting. It's yeah, a, yeah. <laughs> it's a total dirty coin. Like, it, don't get me it's wrong. A roller coaster. It, it's been tough holding this coin. But, it, you know, uh, uh, the other thing I'll say about XRP is if you went back to 2017, XRP was trading for a fifth of a cent, okay? And a lot of the feelings that you get from people right now, it reminds me of, like, that same type of feeling when XRP was at a fifth of a cent or even a little bit higher. And... As we know, back in 2017, XRP's price went from a fifth of a cent to $3.85, right? That's insane. Like, that's mm -hmm. massive. Um, same, I'm not saying it's going to go 
as high. I'm not putting price predictions out there just yet, but I'm just saying it's if that can happen in 2017, like we're in a bull cycle right now. And, yeah. you know, Bitcoin has gone from $3,000 to $60,000. Like, hello, it's going to yeah. happen. <laughs> like XRP is just late. It's It's just late. It's one of the last coins to move. Yeah, no, I, I, I think that's a, some fantastic insight. And to be fair, I think I agree as well. It does seem like it's it's one of the ones that's just sort of simmering. Um, and eventually, you know, uh, it will go off. But, you know, only time will tell, won't it? I'm, I'm excited for what's about to happen. I feel pretty confident. We'll have to catch up in like a year's time, Nick. And oh, then, definitely. Uh, we'll, we'll, have, we'll, have the, we'll have the same conversation. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> we'll, we'll be in a bear cycle if we if we talk a year from now. Um, <laughs> so Make the conversation fun. might have a very different tone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. Well, yeah, that was a final question from me, Joe. Have you got any other questions for Nick? Uh, no, I think to be honest, I think I think he's he's absolutely smashed it. To be fair, yeah. and um, so much well, good insight. The, the last thing I'll tell you: so where where would people be able to find you, Nick? You know, because we have had a lot of questions come through, so I'm sure um, if you if you uh, people will want to be able to DM you or be able to speak to you or reach out, where can they find you? And also, just to add on to that, Ooh. I've had questions around um, um, your platform and you know your trainer course and, and things that you offer. Oh, so, oh my so god, it, so many about them as well. Yeah, it's like, don't ask us. Ask. ask yeah, there's all that come through to us. So we're trying to redirect some of these questions. Oh, um, if, but again, if people um, want to get onto your course or if they want to, you know, actually set themselves up, um, also could you just mention that as well in your answer? Sure. Yeah. So, well, first off, uh, thank you both for for having me on the podcast no today. Uh, this was a blast. I'll always love talking to uh, both of you and, um, you know, like, <laughs> I really have seen your crypto evolution, right? Like you, you both have come a long way, uh, you know, just throwing some terminology out there to see if, if you followed and you did, because I remember the, in the past that I, I had to explain it a little bit. So it, um, it's just, <laughs> yeah. I find it, I just find it, I find it endearing is what I'm trying to say. So, uh, but once again, big, big, big shout out to you, both of you on your podcast and I wish you both nothing but success. Where can people thank you, find thank me? You. Yeah, no problem. Where can people find me? Um, so I am primarily on Instagram. So I have Instagram.com backslash uh, XRP the North. Um, I have XRP the North on Twitter. Uh, the education brand that I'm running is called North Code. And mm-hmm. you can find me on crypto Twitter. I, my handle is North Code Crypto. And uh, I will be launching North Code Crypto on Instagram uh, soon. So I'm going to be using that platform to, you know, provide as much free content as possible in the sense of education, right? Uh, North Code, my brand is all about crypto education. So I'm going to really be able to focus on that perspective, uh, whereas my XRP, the North brand, is focusing primarily on, you know, crypto news, XRP, of course, uh, and sharing, you know, some charts and, you know, having polls and quizzes and stuff like that. And, you know, fun things um, just to get people talking and get people thinking. Right. Uh, and then sharing those results and doing stuff like that um, in terms of programs and offerings. Uh, so I do have a uh, special four week uh, group crypto fundamentals course coming very, very soon. I'm going to be putting some promos out. Um, I've actually never done it like this before. I've usually done a, like a one day kind of crypto webinar, which maybe you remember. Um, but this time around, I'm going to do a, a little bit more of an intensive with it. So like an accelerator. Um, so it's going to be a four-week crypto fundamentals group course. And um, 
it's going to be epic. Uh, and it's really for the newcomers. Like it's for people who, who have no idea what, what's going on in this space. I want to try to reach those people and, and really help them because uh, like we said earlier, right? Like I do suspect quarter four of this year to be very, very epic uh, and amazing. And uh, you know, I do want them to have as much information and knowledge now so that when things really start to get crazy, they're prepared and they're not going to be like deer in the headlights. Mm -hmm. I want them to not be able to sell and do things like that. Uh, and then I have a little bit more of a prestigious one-on-one uh, uh, -on -one program. So it's my VIP program. Uh, this is where you're working directly with me, just one-on-one -on -one over Zoom. Uh, you literally have my cell phone number and my telegram. Like you can harass me. <laughs> uh, oh, I'd be very careful. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> yeah. In bracket, like, that's, in brackets, like I said, yeah. yeah, yeah, in brackets. But um, you know, the goal is for this program is to help people who want to really go to that next level, um, and, and and really start to dive into the charts and really dive into the deeper uh, parts of cryptocurrency and how to uh, you know leverage themselves within it uh, safely. And uh, like I said, I, I provide like 24 uh, hour, seven day a week DM support. Um, I mean, I was talking to one of my clients last night at, uh, I think for them, it was like four in the morning in the UK. Wow. Uh, and for me, I was on Instagram and doing stuff at like 12, one in the morning. Um, so like I'm, I try my best to really help those in this program because it is a next level uh, program. And, um, you know, I mean, it comes with a bit of a, a uh, there's a cost to it, of course, but like I said, it's it's really designed for people that want to go to that next level and really accelerate their growth in this, um, you know, just in this whole process. Yeah, and perfect. One other thing to tell you, you can find my charts on patreon.com slash North Code. So I share daily charts on primarily focusing on Bitcoin, XRP and Ethereum. And I also take requests to do it on uh, to run TA on other cryptocurrencies as well. And there's like price targets and things like that. It's not a call group. It's more of an education-based offering. Uh, just to put that out there. Perfect. Uh, yeah. No, I say thank you so much for coming on. So it's always um, a pleasure to have you on as well. And I really do. I, I really like these episodes. I really do feel like they, they add value and, and people can actually, um, you know, not obviously we've, we've not uh, explained everything about crypto, but I feel like these episodes give people at least a stepping board. They can go, okay, well, I've learned about that. I can go off and research this. Oh, mm -hmm. you know, thank you for at least giving someone the, uh, a decent account that can actually help them and explain things to them as well. So, you know, yeah. thank you so much for coming on. It's always appreciated to have you. Yeah, yeah, love it, Nick. Cheers. Thank you so much. And, oh, and also just for me as well, I feel like we learn a lot from this episode. So I, I quite enjoy these these particular topics because I feel like we actually get something out of it. And the questions that we ask are really genuine. <laughs> yeah, that's <They're> awesome. Genuine. <laughs> that's so, so awesome. No, I appreciate yeah, that. It's, it's yeah, it's brilliant. Well, I have, a, I have a really deep passion for crypto and, and this industry. And, you know, I love talking about it. Um, I think I'm, I think I scare my family when I start talking about it. <laughs> I but, think Christmas is fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, okay, Nick, stop talking. You're everyone's getting scared. <laughs> I'm sure so many people in crypto know that feeling. But uh, you know, once I get my YouTube channel going, I, I would love to return the favor and uh, have both of you on my show. Um, oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, Brilliant. That'd be fun. Uh, yeah, oh, and we could kind of uh, turn the tables a bit, and I'll be asking you the hard-hitting questions. 
Oh god, I'm gonna test that knowledge. I'm gonna get a haircut, find a makeup artist. I'm gonna need to be ready for this. I'm gonna have to do some research first. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do some homework. Oh, it's All been right. fun. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Make sure to leave a five star review on whatever platform you get your podcast from and check us out on Instagram at the First Quarter Club. See you next week. <laughs>